0: Hello, everyone. Oh,
1: goodness, my voice is not ready. Ah.
0: Need some water?
1: (gasps) We have to go back! Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And Happy New Year. Oh, 2019 is here. And we decided... To ring in the new year with a Shyamalanathon. Shyamalanathon. Hashtag Shyamalanathon. So, we are going to be watching in celebration of the movie Glass, based off the novel Push by Sapphire, uh, hitting theaters. We are watching uh, Shyamalan's movies. Uh, we're, next week, we will be watching The Village. The, Village, the following yeah. week, we will be watching Unbreakable. But this week, we are reviewing the 2002, you know I don't even know what to categorize this. It's a it's thriller. Not, I'd say it's a, a thriller. thriller. Yeah. Thriller Signs.
0: Yeah. This uh, is the third movie in the Shyamalan canon, uh, starting with Sixth Sense, then Unbreakable, and then Signs. Um, uh, for some reason, we don't include Stuart Little in the Shyamalan canon, and
1: I, you, I don't know why that is. You know what? That changes my head canon
0: um very greatly but yeah this was a major follow-up to unbreakable which is why we feel like it is uh it is right for the Shyamalanathon. he did it right after and then we'll kind of work our way to eventually get to unbreakable but uh signs signs was major signs was huge for him
1: oh yeah i mean signs uh, So, Shyamalan, I, I did some research trying to find any kind of interesting details about uh, the making of this movie. And there's not a ton except for uh, M. Night Shyamalan saying, you know, I basically was working on this movie while post-production for Unbreakable was happening because I have too many good ideas. uh, <laughs> Humble brag much. Uh, but he worked on this idea and this concept while Unbreakable was in post. And, um... And the movie did kind of amazingly well. So, with a budget of seventy-two million dollars, it grossed a total of four hundred and eight million dollars. Wow! That's that's a lot of that's a lot of glasses of water. They could afford it. They could afford it. Oh, that's the
0: glass. That's why we did it. Glasses of water. We've talked before about how it takes three things to really set a pattern and. People were now clued in that okay, if you go and see a Shyamalan movie, you're gonna get a twist, and so people flocked to the theaters wanting to know okay, I know I know the twist from the first two, uh, let's see if he can do it a third time, and uh, yeah, people people enjoyed it. It was I remember it was even parodied in one of the scary movies, uh, scary movie extensively. three extensively. Scary movie three, I think. Yeah, I. Always associate it with, okay, it did well enough to be
1: parodied, and I think that's the litmus test. I remember this movie pretty well, Grayson, because I would maintain that the best way to watch signs um, is under the sign of a YMCA. <laughs> yes! <laughs> this is one of the YMCA Criterion <laughs> Collection films. Oh, uh, man. so. I watched this movie a lot uh, growing up, but I realized that I don't ever think I've seen it from like true beginning to true end. In true Uh,
0: YMCA fashion. In true YMCA fashion, yeah.
1: I I remember uh, vignettes, if you will. That's what makes
0: you a great editor, Ricky. (laughs) That's your origin story, that you can take the pieces and reconstruct them.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, The thing I remember the most was the reveal of the alien because everyone Mm -hmm. was like super, like, nervous or like anxious like when the alien was revealed uh and that little scene uh everyone just started screaming oh, at the birthday at, party at the birthday party yeah. and uh but I also remember everyone parodying the alien just kind of pacing back and forth holding <laughs> um little baby colkin and uh i i just remember that being like the the two big things i remember about the film uh but i think one of the biggest things i did not connect to as a kid because I feel like when you're watching signs as a kid you see it as like more of a monster movie yeah. um and and you know for a movie about aliens you don't really see a ton of aliens and that is you know mostly intentional a la jaws just like oh we we don't want you to see this thing in full view just because it's it's I mean it's great but uh, you know we' We don't like. Uh, Night Shyamalan was not a huge fan of uh, special effects, uh, CGI. He he wasn't a big fan of it, mostly because he didn't understand it. Um, he's like, it doesn't make sense. I don't like it, uh, which resulted in two things: one, us not seeing a ton of the alien uh, mm-hmm. because they had a hard time like getting it right, yeah. uh, especially you know early two thousands. Uh, but two, most of the crop circles that people interact with are real like they just made oh wow using the boards and rope that they referred to yeah wow yeah so they interesting they made that so that's kind of one of the things that loosely ties to that whole uh visual of actually seeing the aliens um it was it was really fun so yeah this was also based off of like real events like uh you know Crop circles, that was like a huge thing in the 80s. And people were trying to figure out like, what happened? Why are these things there? And they mentioned India. Imran just casually said, yeah, there are like 600 crop circles in India. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Uh, and so that's a bigger phenomenon than I ever knew. Um, so there you go. To go back to the special effects
0: aspect of it too, I think that's part of what characterizes His core canon, Um, when people think of Shyamalan films, they are not special effects heavy. And uh, this one, I think, really set the tone for it um, because it had every right to be special effects heavy. Uh, We'll talk about this more when we do The Village, but his whole idea is don't show the monster if you can't help it. Uh, if the story pushes you to a point to where you have to reveal the monster, that's fine. And you usually get to that point in the third act. But he was like, show pieces of them. Let the, Whatever the mind comes up with is going to be much scarier than whatever we can create on screen. Absolutely. He does it really well with this one. But it's a small story. And there's a line where they say it's like War of the Worlds. And I think he calls that out because it's not like War of the Worlds. Yeah, the story... It sounds like it's like War of the Worlds, but this is executed very differently. Um, it, we never leave the family. We only see what's happening around the world through their eyes uh, watching the news. We never cut to any of those countries. Um, and that keeps it really personal. That, that's, it's not the story of the world. It's the story of this family. Uh, and that keeps the stakes really anchored in people that we care about. Um, and I think that's just a really strong move. And when you start to look at there's kind of this like, I hate to say rise and fall, but that's basically what it was of like Shyamalan's box office success and kind of the his style as a director, this was on the uptick. This was going from the success of Unbreakable and Sixth Sense, and he maintained a consistent like style here it wasn't until he really got into well the happenings its own thing but he started embracing special effects with um last airbender and after earth and people were like this doesn't even feel like Shyamalan and he realized that and has recently gone back to this kind of smaller more personal story where you are just locked in with these characters and so when you're looking at his style, Signs is an excellent one. It's a blend of that personal story with larger implications, but we're not going to fully explore, like, it's not an end-of-the-world story. It's an end-of-their-world story, um, and uh, that's an important distinction.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, I think M. Night Shyamalan would be proud to know that his movie is being compared to Air Bud, uh, it's a lot like how Airbud isn't a movie about a dog playing basketball. It's a movie about a boy learning how to love again after the passing of his father. I
0: think it's honestly at its core a movie about um, celebrity child actors really just trying to make a name for themselves. Um, I mean, Little Culkin with Rory Culkin here. Um, and then... You know, Abigail Breslin saying, hey, Spencer Breslin who? And this was her first movie.
1: Yeah. And she was amazing. And I didn't, you know, why would I? Because this was her first movie. So it's not like I would recognize her as future Little Miss Sunshine Girl. But even then, I completely forgot Mm -hmm. that uh, she was in this movie at all. And uh, she's so good. Yeah. And uh, I was watching this with my wife, and uh, she watched like halfway through with me. And she said, I feel like this is one of those kid whispering movies. What's the thing that she says? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you mean uh, there's a monster in my room? May I have a glass of water?
0: Which is such an excellent line. I wrote that line down because that immediately sets up the conflict and, spoiler alert, for just this movie in general, and I will say disclaimer: for the Shyamalan spoilers, we're gonna try to keep it contained to the movie that we're talking about for that week, so you don't feel like you have to watch all of them now. Um, right. But he sets up the conflict and the eventual resolution. There is a monster outside my bedroom. Can I have a glass of water? At that, he tells us right up front. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I also realize this is the first time. That I watch the movie knowing everything. Because I feel like M. Night Shyamalan, you know, he is known for his twist and everything. Um, but I didn't feel like this movie had that much of a twist. It's not a twist. More as a returning to. It's more boards and ropes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, because, you know, the movie which I realize that we have not talked about the plot of the movie. Uh, so, you know, signs is about, you know, an alien invasion that happens. Um, but we focus in on this very small town, I guess like farm, uh, that a, uh, former minister of a very small town lives on. And their wife had passed just six months prior. Um, and so it's about this family finding, uh, their core, in refinding each other while this alien invasion happens. Um, and I, I think that that's the only real thing that happens full circle is that, you know, you have uh, you know Mel Gibson's character who um, had lost his faith because he, you know, after his wife died, he like no longer was a minister.
0: And I think that's summarized really well in the interaction with the sheriff. Where he says, "Please stop calling me father," and she says, "What's wrong?" and he says, "I don't hear my children." And it's like, oh, what a beautiful double meaning that serves both plot and character development. Yeah,
1: but yeah, it, it's. Uh, I think that's the only real twist about it because I was expecting. I'm like, what was the what was the twist in signs? Like, was it? Because I thought that water was the was the twist. I was like, oh no, water actually hurts them. But then, we, yeah, when. <laughs> When M. Night Shyamalan makes his classic uh, director cameo and just says, I don't think they like water. He just drives off. I'm like, no, 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 no. That that, that cannot be how they just dropped this information in here. Um, but it was. And it, it, it didn't take me too out of the film. I'm just like, wait a second. he, How did he draw this conclusion like everything else he says just like yeah i figured that they make all these things towards land i'm gonna head to the lake where they aren't um but then it's just the line i don't think they like water bye (laughs) (laughs) just drives off i thought that was more of a like surprise reveal it's just like oh the girl who had this thing about water ended up discovering that water was the thing that hurt them like i i didn't I actually don't remember Shyamalan scene at all uh, during my YMCA viewings of this movie, um, but I I did remember the water being like, oh no, that girl because she had this thing and it all fit together. I thought yeah. it was more happenstancey mm-hmm. um, or more of a sign thing than. Oh, uh, those are the signs. Yeah,
0: got it, got it. I do like how he's introduced when they're at the pizza pizza store. Pizzeria? <laughs> when they're eating I, I pizza I believe, well, at a public I believe, place.
1: I think that it's referred to as a pizza hut. Oh, at the pizza. It's called a pizza
0: hut. Um, anyway, when they're eating pizza yeah. at a pizza restaurant and they see him walk up and the kids go, who is he? Who is that? like, that's the director, kids. <laughs>
1: Don't look at him. don't look him directly in the eyes he's working (laughs) uh so was there anything else that you noticed this time around that you didn't notice before i think there was quite a bit because
0: um so Shyamalan probably is one of the most uh influential directors for me in my own development in in writing and and film just from a very early age and um so i've seen all of his movies I just don't think I've seen this one very recently. And I can't remember if I saw it after theaters, but I know that I saw it multiple times in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, ha- I have rewatched it since, because uh, I feel like you have to watch every Shyamalan film at least twice. Yeah, I just picked up on a lot a lot of stuff, mostly stuff that I'll, I'll talk about in headcanon. Um, because you bring you bring up the twist like what was the twist water felt more like a payoff than an actual twist and and so i'll I'll talk a little bit about that uh later but uh yeah i think the casting for me is the biggest one which we run into a lot with these is is that they just became more famous like abigail breslin it was her first movie rory culkin i get all the culkins mixed up except for macaulay but they all have the same like Culkin's squint to them and I thought that was really so I guess that's what I picked up on that Culkin's squint um <laughs> yeah I was looking through Rory Culkin's IMDB and for a long time he just played younger versions
1: of his brother I was like wow what a raw deal like good for or, him or the best gig it's like oh you need me to show up and uh be my younger brother got it and
0: I was aware of walking Phoenix from gladiator by this point, And obviously super aware of Mel Gibson. Oh, the one, th- the big thing that I noticed this time, uh, was one. I recognized the sheriff now from being one of the presidents on 24 and to, and from Aaron Brockovich. Oh. And, uh, I recognized the pharmacist who's Merritt Weaver, who has done a ton of stuff. Now she was in walking dead. She's, Uh, I think she was on studio 60 as well. She played, uh, the PA on studio 60, but yeah, the pharmacist, I was like, that is Merritt Weaver. This has to be like one of her first things. So yeah, really just a casting thing. Um, the only thing i really misremembered was the flashback. I thought they did the flashback all at once. I didn't realize that it was kind of spread out to punctuate the, the different acts. So, um, yeah, I I loved rewatching it though. Uh, I always love rewatching Shyamalan films because I feel like there's always something new to pick up on. Oh yeah, my
1: favorite line in the entire movie is uh the uh, the army recruit guy. That scene was just oh yeah, one of my all time favorites. He, he said, "Wait a second, do you used to play baseball? I know you. You're Meryl Hess. I was there the day you hit that five oh seven foot over the left field wall. Set the record, man." That thing had a molar in it. It's still the record, right? Got the bat at home on the wall. Yeah. You got two minor leagues home runs, don't you? Five. Well, why aren't you in the pros when you can and cash and get your toes licked by beautiful women? I was like, I at that point in time, I was like, all right.
0: Yeah. It's like M. Knight told him, here's the thing, Sergeant. There's no way you can overact this scene. And he says, that's a copy. Roger, Roger. <laughs> oh, there was one thing I picked up on now that I didn't realize, and it's similar to that, like the the setup of Bat on the Wall, mm-hmm. where at the beginning of the movie, when the dog is sick, yeah, uh, he says that uh, Mel Gibson says he's going to take the dog to the doctor, and Rory Culkin says uh, he doesn't treat animals or that he's not a vet or something like that, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, that's weird. Why would he take? It? Do they not have a vet? Why? Why wouldn't he take it to the vet? And then you find out it's because the vet was M. Night. And so, like, he obviously doesn't want to, you know, confront him. And I, I thought that was such a really nice, small detail. Like, yeah, he wouldn't take the dog to the vet. He would take the dog to the human doctor. Like, avoid him at all costs. Yeah. And that's the thing. He just, he knew exactly what the story was. So he's able to pepper in those details and have them be...
1: Consistent and one of the interesting things about like the physical signs themselves, um, like did you know what those things are like called circles? <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> um, so a lot of people like have called them hieroglyphics or hieroglyphs. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually are called head cannon. Oh. <laughs> head Headcanon is the part of the show where we examine the signs um, as unique ideas about the movie and untold stories oh. based on evidence provided by the film. What does it uh, mean? <laughs> what does it mean? Now, Grayson, I... Uh, so I had uh, a lot of fun with this headcanon, uh, largely because watching this movie, a brief thought of Men in Black came to mind. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. one of my favorite scenes of Men in Black is when they, uh, Will Smith's character, Agent J is training and they're like doing like a alien like shootout simulator and uh and will smith doesn't shoot any alien except for this little girl basically Mm -hmm. and he's just like his whole reasoning was just like listen this alien over here he's got a handkerchief i mean he's just sneezing like why, why why should i shoot him and he's like and this guy he's just working out uh and he's like this little girl she has like calculus that is far too advanced for her She's obviously an alien disguise. disguise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that whole thing came to mind. That backstory, justifying this headcanon, the aliens were just making a pit stop. They're like, oh, man, they're just taking a road trip. Uh, they all, you know, partied on Mercury. and are like, all right, let's head back home. Um, and they made a pit stop. And they're like, yeah, let's just stop by uh, this, uh, this third rock from the sun. Uh, no relation. And... Um, and they stop there. They try to find some resources, but people just keep freaking out on them. Uh, and they realize that they're allergic to water. And it was all just a big misunderstanding. Wow. What hijinks. <laughs> Cue Curb Your enthusiasm music, just zooming in on the alien. <laughs> as he's getting bludgeoned to death with a baseball bat. Pretty,
0: pretty, pretty, pretty good. It's pretty good. So for my headcanon, um, I can't take exclusive credit on this just because it's an idea that's been passed around online for several years. Uh, but it's just that this movie is not what it seems to be, um, mm. at least uh, from the sense of it's not truly an alien invasion movie, uh, that this is really more, more personal and more about spiritual warfare than anything else. And uh, the idea is that the aliens are actually demons and um, they are here to usher in the end of the world. And there are a lot of signs about that. Um, So we haven't talked a ton about Mel Gibson's character, but he is um, a former priest. He is kind of given up his faith. The Definitely crisis of faith is all over this film. And so... um, that immediately makes that idea more personal that he's fighting, he, he is a former priest fighting against demons. Um, practically, the reason that they, they think that this is uh, the actual twist to the movie, kind of the un, unrevealed twist that they are demons and not aliens, uh, the reason the water makes sense is because uh, at every point, in the movie, when she leaves the glasses of water around, when Bo leaves the glasses, he goes through and picks them up. He touches them. And just Sometimes he sets them down. Sometimes he just moves them, clears them. He is a priest that has touched water, therefore making it holy water. And that they are being burned by holy water. It's not just water in general. It's holy water that is <laughs> burning these demons they talk about the 14 lights in the sky that could tie back to revelation where you have the seven bowls and seven trumpets making up a total of 14. Um, and we never see them actually like go up into the spaceships. The ships could actually be like angels, heavenly angels, kind of like looking over. Um, they, we just are told that they went to the ships so that the ships disappeared and that they're gone. But if you have the demons on ground who maybe came from these portals, these sign, these circular like pits, um, then that would make sense that they're on the ground and then the angels are like looking down above. The biggest thing, though, is whenever Mel Gibson is describing the birth of Bo, they say she was like an angel. So the idea is that Bo Hess is actually an angel or at best like a prophet that was born into the world to protect the world um, in the end times. And she's the only one that has any kind of clarity about what's really going on, which is why that quote we mentioned before, when she says there's a monster outside my room, can I have a glass of water? She's not thirsty. She's asking for what she knows will actually be the solution uh, because she has been given these kind of prophetic abilities. But the reason she's leaving the water around is purely to create this arsenal of holy water. And I think that's the main, the main points to it. There's all kinds of things that you can kind of piece together from that and rewatching it that way totally changes the perspective. Wow! It gives purpose to why he was a priest. It gives purpose as to why she has these kinds of uh, idiosyncrasies with the, with the water. Um, just everything has a lot more purpose to it when you view it through that lens. And uh, it just makes the movie a lot more rewarding. I would say. And so to me, that is the, that is the true twist of this movie is that they only thought they were aliens because that's the easy thing to process. So they're fighting the actual demons. It's, it's a much more uh, spiritual high stakes uh, fight that's happening here. Wow.
1: That head is too convincing.
0: <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. And Rewatching it there was nothing in there that made me be like oh no that that, that couldn't be it
1: all right now we're going to go into the part of the show where we like to talk about recast and remakes recast remake if this movie were to be made today who would you cast what would the storyline be and uh hear me out hear me out grayson mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what if signs was made today m night Shyamalan still the director. But he does, like, a modern-day reboot or maybe even a spiritual sequel. What if it was John Krasinski and Rain Wilson and they are both just trying to, you know, fend off Shroot Farms? And, uh, oh, yeah. Because Beats are what aliens need to survive. It's their most sustainable fuel source, and they've run out of beats. Oh, that makes... Yeah, Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. It's why the aliens come. Yeah. Yeah. It's all connected. Um mm-hmm. And for the kids, um, I would pick uh, the actor who plays young Sheldon, um, and then... Young Sheldon in a wig uh, to play uh, Abigail Breslin's character. I just think that it is uh, the best choice. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I don't know child actors younger than Young Sheldon. <laughs> Funny that you
0: mentioned The Office because for my recast, I had Rob Lowe as Mel Gibson and Chris Pratt as Merrill. So I went nice. more of a Parks and Rec way.
1: Very believable. Yes. Oh, I, I think I would love I would just love to see Doug Jones and Andy Circus just duke it. Oh, what have I done? I want to see them remake this movie with the collaboration of M Night Shyamalan and Guillermo del Toro. I would mm. love to see that movie. That'd be that'd be really good. But yeah, I I I think that you know with a quiet place and from what I've heard from Bird Box, I feel like. Those might be spiritually in the same world as signs, potentially. Yeah, I haven't seen Bird Box, but in all
0: fairness, neither have they. <laughs> Some bird box humor for you. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it could be in the, in the same like spiritual trilogy. Yeah, uh, actually, I think if this movie were made today, it would probably be a Cloverfield movie. Oh, for they'd, sure, they'd probably just include it. Yeah. Because anything can be a
1: Cloverfield movie. If you think about it. If you really think about it, yeah. Yeah, in a lot of ways, Space Jam is the nexus of Cloverfield. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Monstars. Mm -hmm. All right, now we're going to go into our final segment where we give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend the 2002 movie Signs? I'd recommend Signs because it... Subverts your
0: expectations of what an alien film is. Ooh. Even if my headcanon is totally off base and you don't accept it, which is fine, it uh, is not your classic alien invasion film. It is a more personal story than that. You you never leave the family. They're they're all together the whole time, and that's uh, that's really important, I think, because it's a family that's healing. It's nobody else's story, but the four people in the family, it is solely their story, and they have to heal together in order to be successful. And uh, I mean, it's a crisis of faith movie, and I think those are really compelling because at uh, at some point, everyone, uh, I think, has their faith shaken or challenged at least, and you're seeing the most difficult period in this family's life. It's never going to be harder than it is right now. And they're able to uh, survive. They're able to to conquer that and um, ultimately come back to the, what made them strong, come back to the faith. And um, I, I think that's incredibly attractive as a story and, and important. Um, I feel like I've been seeing more and more films that just end dark and gritty for no reason at all. And this is this is a film that takes you right to the edge and then says no we're gonna figure a way out of this and i really appreciate that it's a film with a happy ending and i think that's rare i i I just recommend it It, it's uh thrilling it's fun it's surprisingly funny i'd say that too we haven't really talked about that it's surprisingly funny like the the scene where he's yelling i'm insane with anger like (laughs) and wearing the the tinfoil hats. and like They they have fun with it, too. I would actually really like to see this. I should have said this in the uh, recast and remake, but I would really like to see this adapted to be a stage play. I I think that they could do it. It's a really small cast. It's a really personal story. You don't really need to see the aliens a ton to be able to have this work, Um, because it's not about that. It's about the relationships. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it, because it is... Uh, it is a family story. It's it's a family story and it's a story of uh, rebuilding and um, and redemption. So, yeah, I just really like signs, and I hope you do too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would recommend this movie because especially if you haven't seen it since you watched it at the YMCA, um, <laughs> it, it there's so much more. Uh, I feel like when you first watch it, if you first watch it in like the early two thousands, you see it as like a monster movie but like now you see it more along the lines of a uh one of those I fig- I, I like high concept movies like hey what if aliens did invade like how would that affect people Um, and you're kind of watching this family's view of this global event and it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. about the action or like the aliens coming down and it's not like independence day you know
0: yeah they never have to like get to a boat or like get like they're gonna stay in their house and they're gonna
1: defend it right yeah um but ultimately i i'd recommend this movie because you just have to ask yourself uh what kind of person are you are you the kind that see signs or do you believe that people just don't see signs if you know someone else who has not seen signs watch it with them because i think that uh it really is an experience to watch it with someone else for the first time um mm-hmm. especially if you have if you personally haven't seen it for a while things start to like creep back into your memory like you start having flashbacks about the movie that you're watching like wait a second doesn't something happen with a bat or a giant knife, like, kind of thing. Uh, So, yeah, I recommend it for all those reasons.
0: Yeah, and uh, I do love that two people monologue that Mel Gibson gives about the two kind of people, and I think that directly relates to a more common idiom of there's two types of people in the world, those that see the glass half empty and those that see the glass half full.
1: Oh, my goodness! Put a bow on it. Put a bow Hess on it. (laughs) And that is our review of the 2002 movie, Signs. Let us know what you remember about Signs. Did you see it at the YMCA? Or what (laughs) other establishment did you watch Signs in? Let us know on Facebook or Twitter. and both places, we are at Flashback Flicks.
0: That's our social media question. Did you see Signs at a YMCA? Uh Uh-huh.
1: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. Or what you remember yeah. about signs. Either way, I want to know if you saw it at the YMCA or not. And it would help to show out a lot to let people know that we exist and our podcast is signs worth pointing to. Bit of a reach, by stretch stretched before. Let us know on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Give us a rating and review. On a scale of one to five glasses of contaminated water. Yeah, it has got to be it, right? Which are good. Really it great. It's good. It's actually blessed. Yes. Blessed yeah. water of um, yeah. how'd you rate this podcast? And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind. Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Now, Grayson, we talked a lot about me watching uh movies at the YMCA. Uh, oh, yeah. which I think is fitting for our next movie. Um, About a bunch of village people. We're going to watch the village. (laughs) Uh, That's definitely it. Yeah. That's
0: the one.